Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, here's my theory. Chuck, as a tactician... 88 degrees. Go ahead. <laughs> is that how hot it is? It What's feels the real hotter feel? than What's that? the real feel, Chuck? It I gotta say, it's, I gotta say it's 92. Yeah, I don't care about the temperature. I care about how it feels outside. Yeah, where are the analytics on the weather? Where I'd say to Tommy Pham, it's 88. Temperature doesn't matter. You need a sun-adjusted ratio. Yeah, temperature is the oh. batting average of the weather. Temperature we're fit. Temperature yeah. I agree with you because they always say, hey, it's 91 but it feels like 100. And I'm yes. like, that's what we care about. It happens in the winter. Hey, it's 15, but it feels Wind like negative chill. 2. Then it's negative 2. 100%. 100%. Hey, what's the uh, heat burn today? What's that? No, the heat burn. You know, like the wind chill. 88 degrees feels hotter than that. But I, I'm theorizing here that Charlie is tactically like Mike Schilt now. He's taking the focus away from the team and putting it on him. That's what all these great managers do. Mm-hmm. So instead of talking about the uh, two and one and two weekend losing two or three to the Padres, we're focusing on your wager and whether or not you should double down on your optimism. Because did you predict? Did you say six and three, seven and two? Did you have either? I believe I agreed either was fine, right? Well, the so you bet, only need six and three. The bet is six wins, and I have to say, you know, I love you, Martin, but you? it kind of shows your. Your, Here it comes. You're your my guy. gambling You're acumen. My guy. When you think I would actually double down after they've lost two out of three, I offered you an early surrender. $5. Meaning I will pay you half guaranteed. And there's zero chance I would take that. Okay, but look. But I'm saying you should be well, – the reason I'm bringing up, it's not gambling acumen or lack thereof. I want to see just how bullish you are on this squad, Shilty. Will you double down? Huh? I will not double down. Make it 20 and if you're right, then I get nothing. I will not double down, but I will say... Seems like a good offer to me. But I will say, entering this nine-game stretch... Now, to be fair, I was hoping more for two out of three from the Padres, <laughs> but the Padres are clearly the best team of this group, and the Mariners and Giants are pretty terrible. So, would it surprise you that much yes. if the Cardinals went yes. on a little run here against yes. crap teams? It would. Yes. It would. Okay, it wouldn't Based, surprise me. Okay. Based on what I have seen, and I'm not being overly negative. I know they steal bases and play clean baseball. I'm not being overly <laughs> negative, slightly sarcastic. I don't see this squad going five and one, which is what you need to win. Yeah, the I don't either, actually. Yeah. But that's when you, why I when you said early surrender. When you said, would it surprise you? Uh, yes. Okay, would, four and two. Then. How about four and two? Me. They'll go four and two. I don't think we're fully appreciating how bad. The Mariners are. That's fair. Because on April 26th, they won an extra innings game at home against Texas, which they were then tied um, with the best record in the American League with uh, with Tampa. They were 18-11, and, and by winning percentage, Tampa was a little bit ahead. 
but they at least had the most wins in baseball at that time. 18 wins. Guys, since then, they've gone 19 and 40. Whew. It's a win percentage of 322. They're All right. bad. All right. So we got the Mariners to tee up, then the Giants to tee up. I think 4 and 2 is possible, which means for the week it would be 5 and 4. Yes. Which is what I was saying, it either be a 4 and 5, a 5 and 4, you'll end up right around 500, but you're still in it at the All-Star game. I wonder if there's a portion of the fan base that looks at the standings and gets mad. Yes. And says a oh, large portion. And not because of the record. What I'm saying is this false hope that you're in it. And I do agree. The LaRusses of the world, all these guys will tell you, just get in, you can win. I totally agree with that. Just get in. If we could just get hot, we could win this thing. It happens. But I don't think looking at this squad, this roster, anybody has that kind of feel about this team. So when you see they're only three back, it can lead to further complacency, less urgency. Well, it was kind of what I think frustrated people even more about the Shield comments is basically saying, We'll be fine. And I'm not sure everybody believes that. So you're three back, but I would say, are you? Cubs and Brewers, you would think, are going to play better at some point. The entire National League Central, bad for the month here, for the month of June. And I believe you're, you're closer to last place than right. first place, if you want to be fair. For a while, the Reds were playing the best baseball of any team yeah. in the Central Division. And that's where, look, we we know that by the standings, Technically, you're quote-unquote in it. But you're also kind of light years away from the Braves and how they've been playing, the Dodgers, some of the juggernaut teams like the Yankees and the American League. So, look, again, if they were right around 500 coming off five years in the postseason, people wouldn't be mad. But you're the same spot for the last three years, and I don't think a lot of people have a lot of faith that you're going to make a big move to get you over the hump because you didn't the last three years, okay? You added the Tyson Rosses of the world, and that's okay. And, and didn't use him. And they didn't start him. He was not allowed to start because it cost extra. Why do you hate Zach Duke? Okay, Zach Duke. Guys like that, nice players, but this 2019 Cardinals team, they need something more. And look, I get it. You can wait for a month till the trade deadline if you're going to do something. It doesn't seem like there's a sense of urgency. And, and maybe this is the time of year where – Teams don't make a lot of moves. Okay, if the Cardinals do something before the deadline, I'm good with it. But it sure seems like when you watch them play, and then look, I don't want to overblow Schultz's comments, but it just seems no, like too a late. team. We've already done that. I know we've done that. But it just seems like a team that is kind of fine with being around 500 or a game below or a game above. And you go to sites like Fangraphs and you see the playoff percentages. The other day they were at 29%. I mean, you're not going to make the playoffs unless you go crazy. So you're not seeing 49 and 31 the rest of Are the way. Are you? No. Why would you see that? No, nobody is. I'm just saying that's the math to get to 90, which we've sort of used as our barometer. Even to get to last year, it would be 47 and 33. Look at it like this, though. I think you can reasonably expect, and Mike Gersh said this the other day, that is media availability on Wednesday. Look, it's not false hope or blind optimism to just expect the guys to get close to the numbers on the back of their baseball card. So I actually do, and you can say I'm crazy, I do expect the Goldies, the Carps of the world, to hit better. I'm not saying they're going to be all-stars. I do expect the Michaelses and Flaherty's of the world to pitch better. Again, I'm not saying they're going to be Cy Young winners. 
So it wouldn't surprise me that much, let's say, if the Cardinals went 45-35, and 35, right? Okay, the last 80 games. But guess what? You've dug yourself this, this hole here where is that good enough? That's 86 wins. Okay, 86 right. wins or 87 or 85, whatever it is. probably get you a couple out of the second wild card. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. And that's your purgatory you've been in. It would be interesting, maybe Bob Ramsey, maybe 590 Baseball, which will not be on this week. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. No, show's Thursday, Friday in celebration of, Charlie, we're going to celebrate freedom for a couple of days. So we will not be here to interrupt your celebrating of freedom. But there's no 590 Baseball. we can mail it into Labor Day, right? Yeah, this is that time of year, Charlie, where people are kind of focused on the summer and family and 88 degrees, the holidays, and nobody's, nobody's working that hard right now. But it would be a good Bob Ramsey 590 baseball question. Mm. Does he remember any hitter, not just Cardinals, who is an all-star player, who's got a legit resume, who has just these horrific slumps like Matt Carpenter? To the point where Derek Gould is writing about the comparisons to one year ago in San Diego. They took him out for sort of a mental break. He and John Mabry were crunching the numbers and saying, hey, the analytics back it up. You're going to get hot. Just hang in there. You're going to get hot. A year later, you're back in San Diego. To Schilt's credit, he did play Tommy Edmond. He did lead him off on Friday night. We, I said there's no way he'll just go back to old school. Turns out Carpenter was sick, but I think that was only Sunday as to why he didn't play. So it wasn't – he basically shilt his credit stuck with Tommy Edmund, which I didn't think he would. But can you think of a player who is pretty instrumental to your team or a team and just bottoms out every year and then gets a turn back? It's a really weird deal, and I know he talked about it and said – I mean, last year was worse. He was in 147. Around this time last. So it was worse, but he's a key piece, somebody who you had married to the top of the lineup, and yet he just drops off the radar. I don't know. And so maybe Rammer historically would be like, well, this is what so-and-so used to do. I just can't think of it. I'm sure Chris Bryant, Rizzo, name any team and some of their bigger names, probably have a bad week or two. I just can't imagine, like a Joey Votto, I can't imagine. Maybe these guys are a notch above Carpenter. Maybe those aren't fair comparisons. But I just can't imagine a team where you have a player that you're counting on the way they are who just sort of bottoms out every year. And you just think, well, it'll turn around. He kind of turns it around. That's just what he does. It's a really weird phenomenon. If I had to wager, and we do some wagering on the show. A little bit. I would wager for sure that Goldschmidt heats up. Would you wager for sure that Carpenter heats up? I don't know. What's heating? Oh, Rammer question. What's Define heating, heating up? up. Define oh, heating up. You said heating up. What do you mean Are we by heating up? Lukewarm or really hot? <laughs> now, well, what's your definition of him? I feel like I'm talking to Tommy Pham. We should have Rammer interview Famer. Wouldn't that be a great Ooh, back and forth? I like that. Um, I think it would be. I'm not going to give you numbers, but you'll know it when you see it. Oh, I like that. That's a cop out. I like that, Martin. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I don't. Yes, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Martin, he'll, he'll hit 300 or better the rest of the way. Just because you brought this up, when you asked about super streaky players, for the Cardinals, the first guy that came to mind, and I had to look it up to see if I was right. Do you remember 2015 Brandon Moss? How we all were saying, you got to give this guy a deal, right? (laughs) He was crushing it. And he was basically through June, hitting home runs. He had about 12, 15 homers. And I'm just looking at him month by month. And I swear to you, because I remember being on the radio around that time, we all started talking about 
do you have to bring back Brandon Moss? What kind of a deal will he get? And I swear, the second we started talking about that, July, he hit 165 with a 220 OBP with a 306 slug for a guy who's a power hitter. So he basically went from an OPS around 800-ish to 526. And I just remember the precipitous drop from a guy who was crushing it to basically couldn't, couldn't get a hit. Brandon Moss, 2015, Cardinals. And we did say for a while, man, lock him up. Yes. Lock him up. Uh, by the way, Mike Schilt may be correct. We're sitting here talking. We are 16 minutes in. We have given you the time, the temp, but we didn't salute the cards because that was a thrilling Sunday win. The Matt Weeders homer was absolutely launched. First hit from the right side this year. Team that needed that desperately. They get the uh, series finale there. Carlos Martinez looked great. Uh, Jairo Munoz does nothing but hit, and I'm not trying to wear, you know, being facetious about Chilt, but there are some positives in yesterday's game because if you look at Munoz, for the most part, when he plays, he hits. Carlos out of the bullpen seems to be an intriguing option because I don't think he's married to just one inning. He is a guy who can do multiple innings, and for now, I don't don't see moving him to the rotation because I think you need him more in the bullpen, which is different before the Hicks injury, what we were saying about him. So some good moments Sunday, Chuck. But I also looked, wet blanket, at the Padres and how they were hitting on Saturday big time. Weird how Manny Machado. And Eric Hosmer, the two guys in the middle of the lineup. Now, the Cardinals would argue, we traded for Ozuna, we traded for Goldschmidt. So we have added bats to anchor the middle of the lineup. But San Diego, that's not a big market team. Isn't it interesting? The huge dollars they spent on Hosmer Machado. And those are the guys. I mean, I think they had six or seven hits combined on Saturday, maybe five hits combined on Sunday. Are you saying that being bold and acquiring top talent pays off sometimes? And they're, they were kind of ahead of schedule. Like, they're supposed to be good in a couple of years because of their yeah. youth, right? Yes. And that's what this Andy Green is supposed to be a great developer Finance of young players. is a very good player. But they kind of jumped in and said, you know what? Let's get a few guys here ahead of time, even though we're not quite there yet with what's coming. And then you got Hosmer and Machado, and then you can call up a Tatis, it does kind of jump out of you that there's a team that was aggressive, and that's not the Yankees, it's not the Dodgers. Tatis is an absolute stud. And Machado, at that position, whether he's going to play third or short, most likely third for the rest of his career, I do think you can look at the Hosmer deal overall and say it's probably not going to be a great deal and give him credit because you know he was the face of the Royals and he got his big deal. He also had the best season of his career in his free agent year. So he got rewarded. I don't know if that'll be a great deal. Probably won't be a bad deal. And real quick, just because I made a mistake, I want to correct myself. It oh, was that's 20, my job. Hold on. That's my job. No, look. It's worse than what I said. 2016? 2016, that, Brandon Moss. September was the most depressing month I've ever seen. That's what I was talking player. about. He went from a 1,200 OPS oh, in God. June to September. He hit 099. With a 387 OPS, that was the year we were talking about. I'm not sure I'll ever re-signing. see a worse month. So I apologize. A more depressing month than that. Because right. the team was falling back, trying to stay in, in contention for the wild card, which we didn't know then would become the standard. But uh, he just he had nothing. He struck out, had to have been at least a third of his at-bats that month. It was depressing. What I remember most is pregame. He could always talk, but you had to get him at the— if he shoved some chaw in that mouth, he'd be like, oh, <laughs> man, right now? <laughs> and they're always looking out for the kids, Chuck. But you're right. That's a good example, although year in, year out, 
you know, he wasn't a Cardinal for 10 years, five years, this Carpenter thing. And I, I guarantee that the analytics people are looking at it, the hitting coach, Jeff Albert, who a lot of people don't even know who the hitting coach is, whereas Mabry, when you're the hitting coach for a while and things go sour, they they all certainly know your name. But I'm sure they're trying to figure out what's going on with Carpenter and how can you fix it. Historically, he turns it around. But Rob Rain said it to Frank, if Carpenter and Goldschmidt don't hit, don't try and piece together a playoff scenario. There is no playoff scenario if Carpenter and Goldschmidt are hitting the way they're hitting. And look, a lot of people said this early in the year when this deal happened. So Matt Carpenter, 2019, age 33 season here, making almost $15 million. Because they redid his deal, he now is being paid the next two years, $18.5 million each year, with an option for $18.5 million for 2022. And remember, entering this season, he had the option year coming after this year. So I ask you this. Now, look, he had a really good overall year last season, 36 home runs, and he was as hot as anybody for that three-month stretch. Struggled early, struggled late. My question, though, then and now is, why did you need to do that? Matt Carpenter wasn't going anywhere. And, and now, this is, this is the problem a lot of teams and the Cardinals have. You have these legacy players, and, and look, I'm not saying that Matt Carpenter is a Hall of Famer. He'll be a Cardinals Hall of Famer. But it's tough to kind of break free of those guys that have been in your organization, come up through, been all-stars. You kind of want to take care of them. What if Matt Carpenter never gets back to the productive Matt Carpenter and you have him on the books for $37 million for the next two years with a deal you didn't have to do? Matt Carpenter was not going anywhere after this year, right? I mean, well, you had the option anyway. When the day they announced that there would be an announcement, we all said, gosh, who? you're not going to lock up Flaherty. Not like a Bader. And everybody was like, what could it? Nobody could even guess because nobody thought that, that was a priority at the time. And that's when they did sign Carpenter. And he said, hey, I always want to end my career, which I get. I, I would want to do the same. It Even at that moment, before this current slump kicked in, don't you think that was the reaction? Everyone kind of said, oh, that's nice, but maybe you didn't need to do that? Yes. And look, I'm sure Matt Carpenter and his representation said, look, Miles Michaelis, back in spring, just turned his first really good season in the big leagues to a huge deal. Miles Michaelis also, he got paid at the perfect time, right? As as good as he is and may be, he'll never have a year like 2018. So Carpenter sees the same thing. Okay, I'm what? I'm, I'm 33 years old. Even though I slumped at the end of 2018, I mean, I had, what, 36 home runs. I slugged. 523, on base 374. I mean, that's probably going to be the best season I, I have here late in my career. And he got paid off it. I'm just saying from the Cardinals standpoint, you didn't have to do that. Matt Carpenter wasn't going anywhere. You could have signed him to an option midseason here. All right, good transition. You know what this is? This is daddy's time of year. Strick. Strick. Going crazy because it's free agency in the NHL. Great transition because Pat Maroon's deal is up. I'm sure he'd love to stay here. I'm sure Doug Armstrong gets the emotional appeal of doing that. You just have to be real careful that next year isn't a victory lap. you got to try and win again. The question was posed on Friday while you guys were at Pineapple Palooza, and Army basically said, Patty and I have talked. We'll continue to talk. We'll stay in touch, which obviously means go play the market, see what's out there. If you can get paid, get yourself paid. And if I'm Pat Maroon, I tell the agent, What's out there? 
And as soon as they say, hey, so-and-so's got two years at X amount, hey, Army, here's what we're looking at. And then Army says, good for you. And everybody, I think in a perfect world, he'd get to come back, be part of the victory lap. I think everybody can read the tea leaves. They want what's best for him. They also, in the answer, Armstrong said, we do got, we have some guys here we want to see a little more of, whether it's a Sunquist, whether it's a Sammy Belay, whether it's a Zach Sanford, basically saying we'll probably go younger. And you hear now the Jeremy Rutherford reports that Cameron is unlikely to re-sign with the Blues, and obviously JR has great sources, so, so uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. When I heard that clip, you did the interview with Doug Armstrong for Fox 2, and we played it on Friday. Now, sometimes I feel like front office execs, they'll kind of couch things, and they're kind of playing it down the middle. But when I heard what Army said, and this is also, remember, coming off the fact that they had just signed Carl Gunnarsson, their other kind of, you'd call it big, unrestricted guy, the fact that they took care of Gunnarsson in that time and they didn't with Maroon or a deal couldn't be done. And then I heard that clip when you asked Doug Armstrong about it. He said, yeah, we're talking, but he, like you said, he brings up Barbashev and Sunquist and Sanford. And it sure sounded like the deal probably wouldn't get done. Right. He was saying it without saying it. Yes. I mean, they want to be polite about it, I think. And JR did tweet it out last night. But I think if you're a fan that's been paying close attention, you know it's highly unlikely he'll be back. And good for him because he'll forever be the hometown hero. Pat Maroon's a legend in this town because he played for his hometown team the year they won the Cup and had one of the biggest goals in franchise history. He'll always have a victory lap. In St. Louis. Armstrong also said, if you ask me any more about it, I'm going to take this knife. I'm going to shove it. He said, I'm going to shove it through your skull all the way to the brain. I said, God, that seems and kill them. a little harsh. He did say about Jake Allen, because I said, you got to pay Bennington now. How do you balance that? And he said, if you look around the league, he said, there are goalies that are making top goalies. He said, are making like eight or nine million. He said, we can probably afford to pay that for the position, meaning you pay Bennington in the four range. You're already paying Jake. And he said, we feel we need two goalies. They don't have a great option. So trading Jake Allen or unloading him, I don't think that's happening either. Now, Jake may want to go somewhere and play, but it's not the worst case. Let's say you're going to play 25 games next year. You're making $4.5 million, part of a Stanley Cup run. You like a lot of the guys in the room. There could be a worse scenario. But unless Army's playing it, which he might be, they probably are open to offers for Jake. But I think you should count on him being back, too. I think with Jake Allen, look, if he's if he's back next year with his contract, it's it's certainly not something that's really going to gonna hold the the blues back. So his deal is four years, seventeen point four. So the AAV is four point three five. That was a four year deal that started what in in sixteen. So I just feel like though, if another team wanted Jake Allen, and look, maybe there's an injury down the road here at the end of the summer, maybe, maybe early in the year next year, there's an injury. Also, I could see a scenario where if Jake had a better chance to be a starter with another team, it seems like the backup goaltender, it's kind of like the backup catcher. We always talk about with the Cardinals where you can always find that guy to back up Yachty. Who's never going to play. You know what I'm saying? You can always find that backup goaltender and pay him one year, $2 million. So if somebody else wanted Jake Allen, I could still see them doing that. I just think if you're the Blues, do you want to have Jordan Bennington, as great as he was, young guy, 
hasn't played a full season, and then Billy Huso behind him. You know, a guy who has it's too young collectively. That's what I'm saying. No, experience. too unproven. Right? No, absolutely. I I see the value in having a guy Jake on the roster. And if I'm Doug Armstrong, I tell the St. Louis based agent Al Wah, who is Jake's agent, I'd say, if you can find a team that wants him as their number one, let me know. We'll talk to him. We'll try and piece something together. Like so I would put the onus on the agent. You identify the team that needs a starting goalie. I mean, I could do it, but I, I'm busy, okay? You tell me who that is, and we'll look into cutting a deal. I think that's fair. Because if the agent's saying, hey, my guy's got to get out of here, he wants to play, then I would say, tell me where that place is. Find that scenario for me. Free agency underway in the NHL. NBA, to their credit, everything online last night was NBA-related. Kevin Durant goes to the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving. Uh, who else? DeAndre Jordan, right? So they loaded up. The, did anybody see? I guess there was some buzz about Durant, maybe. But the bigger story, not just that Brooklyn hit it, but that the Knicks looked terrible. And for a huge, huge franchise, they couldn't just sort of stumble and bumble more. And for all the money they have, and the owner says, well, we're afraid Durant might not be injured. Who cares? You're, you're, the, you're the Knicks. You take the chance. You take the chance. If he's interested, you take the chance. Oh, we're back. Talking NBA. NBA chatter. Da, 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 da. Look, the Knicks have been such a comedy of errors for the last <laughs> 10 years or whatever it's been. That's why it's funny because Bill Simmons threw out a tweet when everybody's saying, oh, the, the Knicks are now the little brother to the Nets. And he basically said they actually have been for 20 years if you think about it. I mean, the Nets going back to the Jason Kidd teams, they went to the finals twice. In the last couple decades, the Nets have 10 playoff Nets. appearances and the Knicks have five. So the Knicks have been bad for basically two decades. You have nobody. Look, you had to settle on Julius Randle, and you're telling me that you're not worth rolling the dice on the second best or maybe the best player in the NBA to sit out here and then lead your team? Knicks, you have nobody. No one cares about you. Right. Why be cautious there? Yes. Because you know what? We're, we're just got awful people make fun of us. At least this will be a shot. It, it's a shot that might work. It may not, but there's a shot that might work. I'll say this about the Knicks and why I find them so endearing and just so funny. What, what sells now to players is the narrative. That's what the Cubs sold to John Lester, John Lackey, Jason Hayward. Hey, come win a World Series here. Do the thing that players for a century have tried to do. The one last major drought in baseball. Come end it. And that's and it worked. That's how they got them to, to win the championship there in Chicago. The one great drought left in the NBA is the Knicks. They haven't won since the 70s. 73? Yeah, it, it should be the thing to do in the NBA. It's win an NBA championship in New York City. You could be the Mark Messier of the yes, Knicks. Yes, at Madison Square Garden. The hoist the Larry O'Brien Trophy at MSG. And Something because, that Ewing couldn't do. Because John Starks <laughs> couldn't do. And you can't sell that. You couldn't sell it to LeBron, to Bosch, to Wade. You can't sell it to Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Well, How be, bad are you at this? Because the owner's such a <laughs> jack wagon. And optics matter when Charles Oakley is like getting escorted out of the building and he's saying, screw this guy. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're saying, I don't want to play for this guy. I just cannot believe you cannot sell this to players. Do the one thing that players haven't done in almost half a century. Win a title for the, for the New York Knicks. Keep Stephen A. Smith happy. And think about that. You have you have one of the the model name 
brand franchises in all of sports. I mean, the New York Knicks and Madison Square Garden, and yet James Dolan is so bad of an owner that he basically kind of takes all that good from being able to potentially lead a title in New York City, Madison Square Garden, and nobody wants to play there. Now, and look, and maybe he had a chance. And look, if Durant actually went to the Knicks, Matt Rocchio, he's bringing friends eventually. I mean, yes. it's all collusion. It's all tampering. Like, Kyrie's with him with the Nets. I mean, would Kyrie then have probably went to the Knicks? Because Kevin Durant's not going somewhere by himself. He's bringing friends. Also, apparently, the DeAndre Jordan thing was, a, like, really important to Kyrie and Katie, which is... I had no idea that they were all best friends, but they, they they apparently took a little clip off their contracts to make to open up the ten million a year for DeAndre Jordan. Again, that's some incredible level of like coattail, like hanging on to, and like I respect that so much. But look, this is where the NBA is so fascinating, though. For example, also everybody Anthony thought Davis, uh, that's what I'm saying. Look. Got rid of his trade kicker. Um, and I would like to see his contract. The, yeah, with I would Space like Jam to see. Too. I would like to see the tax receipts, uh, the the income tax paid on his uh, Space Jam two contracts or in checks because he's not. He, he, even I think he's like, well, this is not about the money. This is about winning. I'm like, well, yeah. When you can get all the money back under the table, who cares? I mean, look, this is funny and it's great for sports talk radio. It's also, happening, but it's actually 100%. a problem <laughs> because <laughs> LeBron James is literally getting around a hard capped league by paying his friends to do movies like Space Jam 2. Like, that is happening. Otherwise, nobody would ever say, nah, I'll slide this $4 million back to you. I mean, he's getting it through acting in a movie. Ooh, can we it's kind of like sports, no, it's like sports radio, and they say, we'll give you some gift cards for some chicken wings. You're there like, you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll sign the deal. You think, ju- think Giannis appears in Space Jam 3? Gets him out of Milwaukee. Let, let's look at players in the future and see who's going to appear in Space Jam's 3, 4, and 5 to be LeBron's teammates. But look, this is why it's so hilarious. Because for two, three years, remember, Phil Jackson goes to the Knicks. And he's getting paid $10 million a year. He could not bring any marquee free agents in. And they had Carmelo at the end of his career, and he's not a good all-around player. So what did you hear the last two, three years? Oh, just wait till that class. Maybe yeah. they could get LeBron last year. Didn't happen. Maybe the next year, Durant. Didn't happen. And what are you hearing now from Knicks fans? Oh, Giannis in a couple years. It's not going to happen again. That's all they do. It's a vicious circle. It's just look forward to the next big stud that's not going to sign. That's yeah, 100% us. happening. Like, every single reporter's thinking, well, here's the thing. Look at what all the contracts they're signing. Uh, Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, they're all two-year contracts with 30-year options because Giannis comes, comes up in two years in 2021. It's... It's going to be the fifth or sixth time we've seen them clear space for uh, a free agent and then completely fall on their face because James Dolan, as Martin said, is a complete idiot and he cares more about his band than the billion-dollar franchise he owns. (laughs) Has anybody noticed the money, and it's been this way for a while, is insane? Cuckoo. Damon Uh, Lillard. Okay, got the new deal. And I love a Brad Beal, who makes like $20, $25 million a year, is having fun, like retweeting and saying, get your bread, bro. Everybody's getting fifty million a year, basically forty-nine million a year. That's Chris, Chris playing crazy. in Portland. Chris Middleton very quietly just signed the third biggest contract ever. If for like one hundred seventy-eight million, he's a second-round pick. God bless the That's NBA. That's amazing because I guess the money's there. That is insane. There's like, guys on the bench who are getting paid fifteen to seventeen million dollars. There's somebody who got signed for $21 million a year, and you go, great sixth man. Good. I mean, off the bench, that's going to be a solid addition for them. For $21 million a year, 
You're coming off the bench, and people are okay with that. Like that's like something that you planned in your cap. And we're just like that's insane. Uh, Durant will go to the Brooklyn. He's going to sign the deal. He'll get uh, four years, 164 million. Uh, Lillard to Portland. He stays for, for 196. And, and, you know and after a while, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're numb to these numbers. And the crazy thing to me is still that on the other side, uh, that another sport that's in their offseason in hockey, people are like, Mitch Marner thinks he deserves $13 million. Listen, how dare you ever think you deserve that much money? And he's like a star player, and people are, cannot believe he wants $15 million, and yet bench guys in the NBA are getting twice it almost. Look, and I think I know that Hoffman will agree with me. We can make fun of the funny money of the NBA, but – Baseball needs to do this. They need to have a salary cap floor. I'm reading an article here where 2018-19, the cap for the NBA was basically 102 million. The tax level was 123 million, but here's the kicker. The minimum team salary, which is 90% of the cap, was basically 92 million. So everybody gets paid. And that's why you Now look, there's always going to be some tanking if you have a LeBron in the draft or a Zion in the draft. But look, I saw people making fun of Harrison Barnes. Oh, he he turned down what? 30 million, whatever it was. He just signed 4 years and 90 because the Kings also have to spend 90 million. If the owners aren't spending the money, then they are keeping that's the money. That's my point. That's, and that's why, why you need players to get paid and God bless the NBA and even the NHL for having off-season excitement. Can you imagine how stupid it would be if it's November 1st and Kawhi Leonard is still a free agent? Or Kyrie Irving home. is still a free agent. Are, How dumb that would be. People can't get their minds around the fact that Kawhi's going to wait five days to make his decision, let alone months. No, but like the, yesterday was like a fantasy day yeah, like for Machado NBA and Harper fans. would have been signed already yes, in the NBA. Yes, instead of waiting until spring training, for, especially in Harper's case, for them to find a the, team. I have an entire notepad full of moves that even casual people will, he, will see the names of because yes, that's how much movement fun. there was yesterday Does in the this NBA. Just involve it was a blast. Some of the members of NATO and what they should be doing to help us in our discussions it, with China, or does this involve NBA? Pull that's, hot notes. That's, uh, that's on this page, <laughs> Look, actually. all I'm saying is if baseball had a salary cap floor, all these teams that are tanking, they'd at least have to spend some money. And and then the middle class of baseball would grow again. It yes. wouldn't be just superstars like Bryce Harper and then young guys not making anything. And then the second you hit free agency at whatever it is, 29 or 31, they no longer want to pay the Adam Joneses of the world and those kind of middle class type players. Sounds like we got Bernie Sanders over here. Um. It's true. <laughs> I'm advocating for oh, the people. I understand. Oh, goodness. For the what, players. What is the NHL salary cap? It went down, didn't it? Loosely. Is it $70 million? I feel like it's uh, about it was, 75 80-ish. Okay, so think of it that way. About 80 yeah. All right, think of it that way. Lillard makes $49 million <clears throat> to dribble around and oh, shoot for the up. Portland. Oh, it did go up. 81 for okay. next year. So another $30 million will get you an entire hockey roster. An entire, and granted, the money's there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. The TV money and all of it. Basketball, you got five starters as opposed to football. You have, what, 22 starters. I get it. The money's there. But it's still hard to wrap your head around it. You know what's good? To wrap your head around, Charlie? You know what's good? What's good? Hey, Shilty, we got a new segment called What's Good? Stolen bases. Stolen bases. Stolen base running. Base Uh, running's good. Fielding percentage, good. What's good? Clean chimneys. Rebuilt chimneys. 100% 100% clean chimneys. Right before I get to that, because I wanted to just look up Alex Ovechkin's salary. Why don't you tell me what else is good? So, look, 13 years, $124 million, So, we're talking, what, AAV, 9.6. For a generational Hall of Famer, if not, right, I mean, with Crosby, 
the second best player or or the top player right the last 10 years or so. So whatever. But he makes 10 million. Damian Lillard, I don't think any as good as he is. Nobody would say he's even what? Rocky top is he top 5ish? Eighth best player, whatever he is, making 50 million. That's crazy. But Martin as you said, SDL What's good? Chimney, what's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? And what did Kawhi say? What it do, baby? What it do, baby? Is STL Chimney on the web? STLChimney.com, Facebook, STL Chimney. Call the team, the squad at 314-492-4040. Email them, STLChimney at gmail.com. They do everything: sweeps, cleanings, inspections, repairs. Cards could use a sweep, hundred percent. And they need to for my bet. Couple sweeps here. Don't wait till the fall or winter when everybody else wants their chimney and fireplace fixed as well. Because that's what happened to us. This past winter, we waited too long. Everybody was booked. So a couple months ago, we called STL Chimney. They repaired our chimney and fireplace. They did excellent custom work on the inside, on the outside, up on our roof. The fireplace and chimney looks great, works great. So I highly recommend STL Chimney. STLChimney.com on Facebook as well. Call the team at 314-492-4040. Matten. It's STL Chimney. Hey, Cards are going to host the Diamondbacks the weekend of July 12th through the 14th. That's the first series back after the All-Star break. Great giveaways all weekend long. That includes the 2009 Adult All-Star Game replica jersey. Hard to believe 10 years since Cardinals hosted the All-Star Game. Remember the All-Stars? Pujols Molina and I think Ryan Franklin. 2009. In fact, Hoff, it'd be fun. Look up, end of the day. The last, let's just say the last 10 years. Cardinal All-Stars, and how often they've had two, three, four. I've been to a bunch of games. You've been to a bunch of these. There's usually a handful of people to follow around. You're going to be in Cleveland next week for the two Fox, and you will just be following Paul DeYoung's no, every move. Not true, because look, now these names always change. So maybe could a Voight slide in there with an injury or a fan, but how about Highland, Illinois' finest, Jake Odorizzi? No, if fam gets added to the roster, you are by – uh, designated by me, it's your assignment to follow him around all week. But look, yes, you talk about story. I don't care lines. about Paul DeYoung that week. Or he turns fan. down the offer because he wasn't chosen right away. <laughs> but hold on, Paul DeYoung, great storyline. Jake Odorizzi, local kid, great storyline. How about Sandy Alcantara? Alcantara, yes. Bad optics. What's good? The guy you traded. To be fair, though, Ozuna, Ozuna would have been. made it probably if he doesn't hurt his finger. To be fair, hey, so cards, Diamondbacks, get those tickets. Look for those great promotions. St. Louis Cardinals time to fly quick break here midday grind the kids call it the coveted hour i wouldn't get rid of this show it's the coveted hour on the midday grind